This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Friday, October 15th, and we are moving into week six of the NFL season. Reminder that if you want to watch this, if you're listening to this podcast and you prefer to see the handsome, you don't want to just deal with the dulcet tones of myself, Pete Prisco, and RJ White, but you also want to see the devastatingly handsome, uh, above the shoulders, facial, you know, I mean, we're talking three handsome gentlemen here. Uh, You can go to youtube.com slash pick six. And watch us as well. And you can also subscribe to that channel. Please subscribe to that channel. You will get alerts when we go live. Um, and we go live after every Thursday night game, Sunday night game, and Monday night game to recap those. And for Sunday night, recaps the entire week. And, of course, if there's an emergency podcast that we need to do, let's say, oh, I don't know, an NFL head coach gets fired in the middle of Monday or resigns in the middle of Monday night football because of 10-year-old emails that suddenly popped up in a story on a Monday night, we go live for that too. So check that out. Um not a great week for us last week, Pete and RJ. Oh, bad week. Bad, bad week for us here. But if you you know watch the Early Edge live stream, which I'll plug here Tuesdays, 5 o'clock, we go 5 to 6, go over all the NFL games. I went 5-0 and oh on that somehow because, you know, my early picks come in. You get better, better uh, you know, numbers on the line. Then you get later in the week like we are here. You start to go off these picks that have moved in the market. And, and uh, you know, I backed off of things like um buffalo you know and and we're getting as good numbers there so um you want to get the best of the number join us on the early edge youtube page youtube slash youtube.com slash sports line uh you know tuesdays at five we will be doing that show every tuesday nice please do not plug your youtubes here these are for <laughs> my youtube plugs only the only plugs on this program will be my hair plugs and my youtube plugs thank you very much hair plugs Woo! It's a running gag i don't have hair plugs this is all natural baby um so is all that natural crap all over your back too, and shoulders and everywhere else and chest. My back is extremely furry. I've, I've been married ten years or 11, 10 years. I, I, I've been married long enough. I don't care about keeping my back shaved. I'll tell you that much. I live in Florida, so I don't have to worry about it. Well, well, I know I don't have hair plugs. That's a given. You, you don't have hair plugs. Maybe you gave somebody hair. Anyway. Could you imagine one day if I showed up at work and I had like a full head of hair? <laughs> That'd be amazing. It's worse than not having it. It's, uh, it <laughs> Look at I, that I, idiot. He got plugs. <laughs> it, I mean, it's like Urlacher just pops into the booth and he's just got hair. You're like, what? Do you think nobody's going to realize this? Or Breeze all of a sudden is just has a full head of hair. Um, it's like Costanza from that Seinfeld episode. If you showed up, I would pay – I mean, I'd probably pay for – I don't know if I'd – how much are – I don't know how much plugs are, so I don't know if I'd pay for them. But for you to suddenly appear on CBS with, like, a, like, like my hair would be incredible. Yeah, well, it would have, have, probably have a lot of gray in it, too. But. No, no, I want you to just show up randomly with just dark hair. Yeah, like, I, could, you, could you imagine? I mean, my gosh. 
I mean, I like after the season's over, like, you know, when we like June, I come back in, in July for training camp, you know, and beginning of June to training camp. And I showed up with just this bushy head. Yes. <laughs> Can we do this? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. You would be the laughing stock of the office and probably the Twitter cult as well. Oh, I'd be the most vain human being in America. Give me a break. I'm not doing that. Okay. But you're already halfway there anyway. Those vain human I'm beings. bald. You are bald. Uh, so we, RJ, two and four on the show last week on Best Bets. Pete, two and four. Me, one and four. I am, I am cascading into a, a, a dark hole here. I got I to gotta turn this thing around. 14 to 22 on Best Bets. I'm below 500 on my overall picks after the last terrible two weeks. Um, so I, I don't know. I think this is a good week. I, I mean, I think if you tend to be con- a contrarian better, this is a great week, RJ, because there are a ton of home dogs this week. Are you kind of seeing the board similar? Yeah, I, I don't love the week. You know, fewer games. Lot, the lines got to where I thought they should be, by and large, pretty quickly. Things like the Steelers and Bills games moved up pretty quickly. Um, one game, which we'll go over, moved opposite of the way I thought it would, which is interesting that, that the market is is fading uh, a team that I like for the second straight week. But, um, yeah, these numbers are, are interesting. I find, I find it a little hard to find some value in certain things. There's not really any good teaser plays, although I put one together for the show. So don't go crazy teasing games this week because these lines just don't, don't suggest you're going to find any good value in it. All right, let's dive into said games. We're going to start on Sunday Night Football as the, uh, the I don't want to call them the resurgent Steelers, but the, hey, you know, look, Big Ben leaked out that Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada are ruining his season and ca- causing his uh, very strong arm and very impressive uh, mobility to to be put to waste. I'm being sarcastic here, obviously, because, uh, because they, they are hamstringing him. They're not letting him audible at the line of scrimmage. And the predictable outcome last week happened with the Steelers rolling the Broncos. Uh, actually, Denver made it very close at the end. But uh, Pittsburgh looked much better. Now they get the Seahawks at home on Sunday Night Football. And I got to tell you, I don't understand this line. It's moved up to minus five. It was minus four when it opened when we talked about it on Sunday night. And, and John Breach and I both said this line is what is going on. I mean, did I miss something and Russell Wilson's not hurt and Geno Smith's not starting for the Seahawks, Pete? Why is this line only five for a team with a decent defense, um, you know, some a lot to play for to get back in the playoff race, and they're going up against a terrible defense in Seattle and Geno Smith on the other side. What am I missing here? Yeah, I don't know what you're missing, but uh, other than the fact that, you know, Pittsburgh's offense hasn't been that great either. I mean, they were better last week. And, and uh, you know, truth be known, I watched their offensive line. They're, those young kids, the left tackle especially, is getting better by the week. He, he did a really nice job last week. And so uh, I like the Steelers in this spot. I just think this is – I like them last week. I like them this week. I think this is one of those opportunities. People see – I think this number might be a little reflective of what you saw from Geno Smith last week coming in off the bench – than what we've seen from Geno Smith in his career. And now there's a whole different mindset when you're starting a quarterback. So I think the Steelers get the best of it. I, I think this is this one will be a 10-point game. I think the Steelers handle them easily. Yeah, Geno played well in relief of Russ on Thursday, but definitely a big downgrade. The problem is, you know, you adjust the rate, your power ratings down when you have quarterback changes like this. And I, the Seahawks to me were already kind of a struggling team that I didn't really trust. So it was hard to adjust them down as much as I thought the gap in those two quarterbacks were because then Seattle would be one of the like, you know, four or five worst teams in the league. And I don't want to put them that far down. Um, so, uh, 
you know, when, when I did it, their offense has been all or nothing. That's kind of the reason that, that um, I think they've been struggling. And with Gino, I kind of expect nothing more than much more often than all in this offense. And that defense is allowing more than 450 plus yards in four plus games. That's more than just a tough schedule. I know they played a tough schedule, but when you allow that many yards, um, you know, you're kind of broken on defense. Pittsburgh's offense finally showed life last week. Pittsburgh's defense can still be good when the offense isn't putting in big holes, but I hate laying more than a field goal with this offense after what we saw in the first month. So I think that's kind of the reason the line isn't any higher is because can you really trust the Steelers offense laying a bunch of points when you don't know if they're going to come out and lay another egg like they did several times during the, the beginning of the year. So Seattle's just not good right now. I would lean to Pittsburgh um, on that early edge show I mentioned uh, and on sports line, I put it in at Steelers minus four early in the week at five, since I have the line at six at five, I'm just a lean to Pittsburgh on the show. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I wouldn't, I guess if I'm like, why isn't this line seven? But if it was seven, I wouldn't take the Steelers. I don't think on, on even on Sunday night football at home, that's just too much. But I mean, uh, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just missing something with Geno Smith and he's going to come out and play great. Cause he's been sitting there and learning in Seattle, but I mean, that's a huge downgrade. Russell Wilson was carrying this team. They had a top, I think top 10 offense, maybe top five offense by DVOA, um, a bottom 10 defense by DVOA, I believe. And Russ's efficiency and ability to throw down the field and get Lockett and DK Metcalf going. I mean, it's just not the same with Geno Smith. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. So give me the Steelers for the bet as a best bet on Sunday. So we should night. put them in the parlay then. Okay. RJ. Sure. That's the easiest way to make sure it uh, doesn't hit. So let's put them in the parlay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're, yeah. The can't hit parlay now. Oh, and five on the season. We need to rename it. Um, you know, you, it all is the can't miss parlay, and now it's the can't hit parlay. That's what it's we the named can't, it. It's, it's, it's the can't follow parlay right now. Nobody out there yeah. is, is betting this parlay. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no. If we change it to the can't hit, won't won't hit parlay, it'll probably hit. So yeah, we're going right. to name it the, the won't hit parlay. We'll start it off with Steelers minus five. The Cardinals are at the Browns. What a, I mean, I don't know, travel back in time, like four or five years or 10 years and tell somebody that Cardinals Browns is going to be this massive uh, high profile matchup between two up and coming contenders with, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think people would be, I don't think people, people believe you or expect it to happen, but here we are. The Browns getting a lot of love out there. Minus three in this spot. The total has come cr like just crashing down and it's primarily because of wind winds peaking at currently. This is, we record this on Thursday afternoon. So bear that in mind, but then, weather changes that's how the world works but currently 20 plus mile an hour winds around noon and staying steady throughout the afternoon for much of the game the browns are the number one rush defense in terms of dvoa and arizona just middling which may explain why the browns are sort of getting that juice minus three minus 120 total 49 and a half pete yeah i think the miami dolphins 1972 crew is going to crank out the champagne on uh, this week I, I just think i think the browns with their ability to power run the football, and I know they're a little dinged up, but they'll find a way to play. They're, they're going to run the ball right down their throats. You look at the Arizona's yards per rush; it's five point four, um, I think. And you can that means you can run on them all you want. I thought they would do that last week against the Chargers, and they did. They just couldn't stop them, and they kind of the, the game got away from them a little bit. But I think in this game they're going to be able to run it down their throats. Uh, Arizona's without Rodney Hudson, their center. That's a big miss for them against that defensive line. Uh, so for all those reasons, I'll make the Browns the best bet. 
And Kyler might not be 100. percent He looked like he's dealing with shoulder issues. You know, we we kind of um, harped on on Mayfield's performance with his non-throwing shoulder issues. I believe it was early in the season. And this this is a little more problematic with Kyler and his throwing shoulder issues. Um, yeah, this was two and a half earlier in the week. I put it down as a sports time play at two and a half for the Browns. Um, their rush offense is ridiculous right now. First in attempts, first in yards per attempt. Even though they're running so much, they're still leading the league in yards per attempt. They've had 639 rush yards in the last three games. The Arizona defense did contain Derrick Henry in week one, um, but that was just, you know, a trash performance all around, I think, by that team um, on Tennessee's side. Uh, but they still rank 31st in yards per attempt, and Chandler Jones is now on COVID list. So um, that's another ding for the, the Arizona defense, And in addition to the absence they're having on the offensive line, like Pete said. Um, Cleveland's defense fell apart last week. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, so keep an eye on the injury report, see how that's going. Um, but that win that you mentioned is obviously going to, to help a running team, and Cleveland's been the best running team in the league. Um, so, yeah, you can see this line is minus 3, minus 120 in the market for Cleveland. One. It's probably going up to three and a half. So if you would like three, go ahead and get it now. I'm just a lean at three since since I was able to get two and a half early in the week. I'm counting ten players, important players on the Browns defense that are on the injury report. My goodness, that is a lot. But counterpoint, uh, I mean, you know, you look at this Cardinals injury report, and again, you know, we record this uh, a little bit earlier on Thursday, so we haven't seen the the full status. But I believe H- Rodney Hudson's already ruled out. Yes. Chandler Jones is not ruled out, but is very unlikely to play with the Correct. COVID situation. Um, that Kyler Murray shoulder injury is a big, big red flag. It's when he suffered a shoulder injury last year, he he was playing, he was working himself into the MVP discussion. And at that point, he stopped running. He st- his, his throwing accuracy went down the tubes and – he, he just wasn't playing very well. It sort of caused the Cardinals to stall out offensively, and they could never recover and make the playoffs. So that is absolutely worth watching. DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice Wednesday with an illness. Um, additionally, Chase Edmonds was limited on Wednesday with a shoulder injury as well. So they're really banged up on offense. I have the under as a best bet because of that win situation, even with all the injuries to the Browns' defense. Um, with no Rodney Hudson and, and a dinged-up Kyler – I don't think the Cardinals offense will be remotely the same and Cleveland should be able to just control the pace of this game, turn it into a slog. I like the Browns a lot. Uh, so I, if, I mean, if we want to put that in the parlay, that's fine with me too. Let's do it. Let's right. do it off out of the gates too. We might get a, are we going to get a 14 team parlay going here? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Uh, so Steelers minus five Browns minus two uh, Browns minus three is, is our parlay number. The Chiefs, Kansas City Chiefs, two and three, dead last in the division. Still five weeks in. It is wild, man. They are headed to Washington to take on the WFTs over under 55 and a half. The Chiefs, a six and a half point road favorite against Taylor Heineke and company. Before we get into this game, can can um can we just point out that Washington is announced on Thursday morning that on Sunday they will retire Sean Taylor's jersey? I mean, I am a pretty cynical person, so maybe I'm – and I know Diva has given me the Ryan Clark thing. He's been reached out there playing to honor Sean Taylor. Why, announcing that on Thursday before it happens on Sunday is extremely odd and super rare for an NFL team to kind of bury this big news. You know, and maybe they're just – I don't know. Maybe they just want something like a distraction for something. I don't know. What do you think, Pete? Just like you and the rest of Twitter. I mean, it's a little thing. weird to announce it, it on is Thursday. It's weird that they didn't announce it, but it, Ryan Clark kind of 
puts it out there that they've invited him to something this week. Maybe they just weren't going to retire his jersey or something. I, I think they, I, that's my thought is I think they were playing to honor Sean Taylor, and now they've decided to retire his jersey. I don't know. I I mean, maybe I'm cynical, but you're cynical. But I'm I'm the most cynical man in the world. I'm the most cynical man in the world. I am. The thing. Yeah, oh, I the am. thing is, this story, like the Washington email story, I don't think is going away. You know, they still have tons of emails that have been released. So, how many players are they going to retire their number before they get to yeah. the bottom of this story? Like, to if you're right and it's a distraction, I mean, is, does RG three need to wait by the phone call and, and get a phone? <laughs> is he going to be in the See ring of honor? Moss's jerseys being retired. Uh, we retiring. Uh, who else can you retire? That would be a hilarious. As, uh, uh, as Alfred Morris, as somebody in the league said to me this week, the illusionist is an expert at having you follow the wrong hand. Ooh, who's the? Uh, what a, what a well, what a mysterious uh, NFL uh, front office member this is. What is that, um, was that? Urban Meyer. <laughs> no, you can easily follow. You can easily follow him. No, you can easily. You can easily follow his hands. I'm choking. I'm laughing so hard. Um, Okay. So uh, I assume that's in reference to, hey, look over here at Gruden, right? Right. Yeah. I I mean, does the NFL think they're just not going to ever have to release 650,000 emails? Hey, here's seven. It's like seven emails from John Gruden, but don't worry about the other 649,993 emails that we combed through over the last 20 years from the Washington football team to figure out why this poorly run franchise was behaving. Everyone was just behaving like a frat house in here. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Uh, Anyway, Washington's playing on Sunday and they're six and a half point dogs at home, Pete. All right, one team gives up. What one team gives up? What thirty-two? The last in the league, and the other one gives up thirty-one. They're second to last in the league. This looks like the easiest over in history. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is awful. Washington's defense, which we thought would carry—at least I did—I I couldn't be more mistaken. I thought they would carry that team and maybe even win the division. They've been awful. Uh, this has to go over. My only concern is this. Washington plays a lot of off coverage, and you saw last week when the Bills played off coverage, there was no patience, no run game whatsoever, which is the how you should play that coverage. And so I wonder if Kansas City will try and show people, see, we can do it this way when, we're, when we have to. And that would – but nah, forget it. Forget I even said that. This game's going way over. They're both going to score a bunch of points. Bad defenses. I like last week you were like, I still believe in Washington. I'm going to give him another try. And I was like, I'm already out. Like this is, I've, I did that two weeks ago and it's not, not happening for me. So now you're in the same place I was. Um, Yeah. Worst two defenses in terms of points allowed 29 points. Casey's allowed 29 points on all five games, at least Washington's allowed that total, at least in the last four. Um, So in terms of spread and where these teams are, I actually think this line is light in terms of power rating. I would put Chiefs a little bit higher, but I don't think you can lay a big number with this Chiefs defense right now. I mean, they have had to play a brutal schedule. They got Washington, Tennessee, Giants next. So theoretically, now's the time to buy on Chiefs stock. And you want I want to lay it because my power ratings say they're a better team than this. But I'm just too worried about the backdoor cover when you make them any, anything more than like three and a half, four point favorites. So um, more comfortable teasing them. If you have another play you like, or just like playing the money line, you can play that. Um, I 
I don't really love things in terms of teasers this week, but I did throw them in my teasers. And I put one out here every week um, on this podcast. I wanted to put one out for you guys. So Chiefs tease down to minus 0.5. That's the first leg of my teaser. Okay, so I am on the over along with Pete. And the reason why is if no. you guys- <laughs> I don't I mean, want you on my picks. I mean, two, two, two donkeys are on the obvious play, and the lines come down a point, so we're probably hosed here. But um, Heineke, if you look at the the, the Washington matchups, Heineke, when they don't play a top 11 pass defense in the, the, the three teams that they've played uh, who are – and I say top eleven, you know, sort of shoehorning in the, the Chargers here. I think they're better than that. I think they're a, a, a top ten for sure defense, but they rate as top eleven DVOA. Uh, but the Buffalo, New Orleans, and the Chargers are all upper tier defenses, especially against the pass. He hasn't been very good, and they haven't, you know, they haven't been particularly effective. When we play the Giants and the Falcons, two bad defenses, Heineke's averaging three hundred thirteen passing yards per game, completing seventy percent of his passes, five touchdowns, one pick. Um, and if you look at these two teams. They are both top 10 in situation neutral pace and top 10 in plays run. There are going to be a ton of plays. They're going to move up and down the field. And it's going to, I, I it just, I don't see a pathway to this staying under 60 points. So I will take the over there. I think Heineke is a great play fantasy. I am curious what you guys think about two possible future bets. One, and you can find these at William Hill. Patrick Mahomes is currently 15 to one to win the MVP. That is about as a long shot as he's been in more or less like three years. Uh, would you have interest in that? Or Pete, would you have interest in wagering on the Kansas city chiefs at a number that is apparently not, Oh, there it is. Chiefs. Oh, the chiefs are plus plus one twenty-five to win the division. Do either of those pique your interest? No, Ooh. they don't. Because uh, I, I just think that defense is so bad that even Patrick Mahomes might, might not be able to save him. So, no. RJ, I was Oh, I didn't know you. I mean, uh, no. Um, Patrick Mahomes plus 1,500. Is he going to get the number one seed? He's going to win the even win the division. They're underdogs to win the division now. And he would have to get the number one seed, I think, to get it over. People will want to vote for Josh Allen, even if his numbers aren't as good as they were last year. If the Bills are the number one seed, um, you know, they'll kind of uh, legacy him in for, for combined last year and this year if he has a good season over Patrick Mahomes, who statistically might have a good season, but they'll they'll say, you know, you're the, you're the MVP. You need to be the number one, number two seed. You need to win your division. You know, you can't, you can't be the MVP if you don't. Do that. Plus, he'll have been he'll be getting garbage points, Gar- garbage stats. The way that defense plays, Who, the, the Bills or the or the, the, Chiefs. the Chiefs, yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, well, I also one other thing that- before we move on, real quick, Brinson. Um, yeah. You know, we'll rewind back to the Cardinals game. Dan Graziano, our guy Dan Graziano, uh, just reported that there have been three positive COVID tests reported with the Cardinals this week, leading to increased testing for several players and personnel. Not required to move to intensive pr- protocol, but one more positive test would put them there, and then it kind of throws their preparation into you know into chaos. I think for the week, so uh, that might be another reason Browns are trending up. Um, another reason to hop on the Browns for it gets above three. Yeah, and this comes out. This podcast comes out on Friday morning. Uh, maybe we'll tweet out from the podcast account, or I'll tweet out that we like the Browns minus three because I could easily see that going to four or four and a half. Probably not more than that, right? I mean, just just based on like if the Cardinals are missing a ton of people for COVID situations, we saw what happened with the Saints. It's it's really it's tough to deal with. Mm-hmm. It would have to be Kyler if if, if Kyler's in danger of missing it with his health. I mean, oh, his shoulder. I know he was limited seven. early in the week. But the, yeah. but I don't think it's going to move more than you know a point uh, if it, if it's not a Kyler injury. 
Okay, but again, that key number three, you're going to want to get that if you can. Uh, by the way, Omaha Holmes, really quickly, uh, good point from our research team. Patrick Mahomes has, in his career, 12 interceptions in 2018, five in 2019, six in 2020 for the full season. Already has six this year. He has been extremely lucky over the course of his career in terms of throwing interceptable balls that were dropped. That is it's just a sort of a thing that tends to regress at some point. It hasn't for Mahomes until this year. He's only had one dropped interception, which may explain the spike. That's just sort of a random thing that happens sometimes and, and can make a, a player season look a little bit worse than it is. The Vikings, for whatever reason, are favored on the road at the Carolina Panthers. The over-under here, 46. Talk me into Mike Zimmer's below 500 meh team as a road favorite, Pete. Well, A... It's not a big game in terms of the NFL landscape, so it won't affect Kirk Cousins at all. <laughs> um, uh, B, <laughs> B uh, I think when you look at their defensive front, I think they're going to be able to get all over Sam Darnold. And Sam Darnold, remember three weeks ago, oh, look what Adam Gase did to Sam Darnold, and look what they're doing now. Well, Sam Darnold the last two weeks has been bad, really bad. And so I think the, the Vikings defense will be able to contain that offense uh, and so for that reason, I will take the Vi- – I don't – I mean, when I look at the Kirk Cousins, I think last week was his bad game because he was awful last week. And I think this week he'll bounce back against – I know it's not a – I know it's a better defense, but I think he's going to play better. But I think this is going to be turnover short field for the Vikings because I think that de- pass rush in that front is going to get after Sam Darnold and force some more turnovers. I'll take the Vikings the market- my best bet. Market's aligning with Peter. The Panthers open as favorites. It's jumped to Vikings favorites. Um, and you could see at one and a half at, at some places. It's one right now, but maybe you'll see one and a half again. Um, I'm actually on the other side. I got a best bet on Carolina. Minnesota dominated Detroit last week and still almost lost that game. It's hard for me to trust them on a road against what's been a quality team. Um, you know, Carolina's offense took a big step back, as you're saying. Uh, they could have still won the game and covered, if not for that block punt. Um, a lot crazy kicking day in the NFL in general with punts and kicks. Um, so Panthers had a chance to win that game. Minnesota's defense didn't look good in the first two weeks on the road. I don't trust them coming off a three-game homestand. Um, and Darnold has been terrible the last two weeks. He hasn't had Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey practices this week. That's a whole other dimension to the offense that he needs. Teams need to key in on McCaffrey for Darnold to have success because um, when McCaffrey's not there, you can just play Darnold and um, and limit him pretty easily. Uh, so it'd be a big boost if he can play because Darnold's just been asked to do too much. Um, for me, Car- Carolina is at least even with Minnesota in my power ratings, and I don't have Carolina's home field advantage as negative one, so I see a lot of value in Carolina. Um, so I have Carolina plus one as a best bet, and that's also going to be the other leg of my teaser, Carolina plus seven. Um, but hopefully you can find one and a halves in the market. I've seen one and a half, so you can tease it up to seven and a half. So look for that Chiefs down to minus half a half a point and Carolina up to over a touchdown. Um, and I like that teaser. Yeah. I love that spot for Carolina in the teaser. I got Carolina as the best bet too. I think they, I just think they should be favored in this game. Minnesota is not that, not that good of a football. I mean, Minnesota is a fine football team. Uh, you know, they could creep into the wild card discussion. I actually believe that uh, the last which is sort of random, but the last five, uh, oh, f- no, yeah, five of 15 Vikings teams to start two and three have made the playoffs. And the last time they did that was 2008. This is not a team like they had no business, and Carol, look, Carolina had no business losing to Philadelphia last week either. They dominated that game for 55 minutes, and then you know things happen at the end of NFL games. Um, the Vikings had no business needing a crazy field goal to win it. 
the under is probably a pretty good play here too, just because of the low volume of, of passes that these teams throw and the quality of defenses. Carolina second in DVOA, Minnesota still top ten. Um, I just don't think Carolina should be a dog here. Give me the Panthers at home, and I, let's see a pressured Kirk Cousins, a lot of Panthers heat on him. And if McCaffrey plays, I think the Panthers roll by double digits. Actually, all right. Moving along too. This is a friggin' spice. Spice bomb of a game. Chargers at Ravens. Ravens minus three over under 52. Lamar Jackson, Pete, is currently in the top 10. I believe it was top 10 in pass yards and top 10 in rush yards. Do you know who the only person in the Super Bowl era to ever finish a season in both the top 10 in pass yards and rush yards was? Was it Vic? Uh, No, that's a good guess, though. There's probably one other obvious one. Randall? Tom Brady. <laughs> it was Tom Brady. How did you know? Yes, it was Randall Cunningham. Good job, Pete. Um, I think Vic probably missed on pass yards. Anyway, Lamar Jackson looked unbelievable on on Monday night in that in that second half comeback against the Colts. But man, Justin Herbert, uh, as our as our good friend, friend of the program, Jared Dubin, good friend of the program, Jared Dubin, po- pointed out on uh, the Pick Six Pod TikTok. I don't know, Pete. I know you're big on TikTok, but uh, Herbert is putting these freaking just putting these bombs into these tiny windows and playing like, frankly, an MVP. Who are you backing here between Lamar and Herbert? You haven't seen my TikTok dancing videos yet? I thought that they're all over the place. They're they're astounding. You would actually be, if you did, if you put a wig on and did TikTok dancing videos, that would probably make you a lot of money. I'm not going to degrade myself like that. If I, did, if I did TikTok videos, it would be something like the old angry man firing away at society every day, but they would never let me do that. It'd be Pete canceling people week in and week out with his second. No, nothing like that. It'd be just like, you know, how things that irritate you, like the idiot at the grocery store who, for whatever reason, doesn't put his cart back when the thing is right next to you. Mm, he just leaves that it. Is, that, that's a good I So mean, it'd be like a grind, what grinds my you. gears type of scene. Yeah, we just, you know, like the idiot at the deli that asked for a heavy half a pound of meat one day and the lady didn't know what it was and he kept screaming at her, heavy half a pound. Those uh, people. Yeah. Well, hold on. Uh, do you want to expound on that story at all and, and sort of tell no. us what happened? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yada, yada, yada. This way. We got a little worried about Pete for a minute. <laughs> Brinson, what? I'm pretty sure we've told that story on the pod. Oh, have we? I no, you so. have, that was a different. There was that wasn't the version where I put the mayonnaise bottles in the in the in the. In the, in the, oh, okay. in the that was the other salad one. dressing, just in case he had to clean somebody's clock. And then, then, then <laughs> the came after him in the parking lot. Pete wrapped it up, and, and we're on this text thread, and we're like texting with Pete's tell us like live texting about it, and all of a sudden it's like Pete doesn't send a text for like twenty minutes, and we're like, oh my god, what if, what if Pete's just lying in the in the in the, in the parking lot of a Publix just. And by the way, I don't condone any of that. I was just trying to help the poor people, women behind the counter. You were, being I was doing. A, you were being a good Samaritan. I was being a gentleman. I was being a gentleman. And I told the guy, I said, look, these, because the lady behind the counter was scared. And I said, uh, I said to him, I said, yo, they're just doing their job. Leave them alone. And he went, he looked at me, you mind your own business. And I said, all right, fine. I go, but just show them some respect. And the, and the woman behind the counter looked over at me. She was terrified. And there was another one behind the counter. They were terrified. So I'm the hero in, in that role. And next time I went over there, I went in there and they're like, hey, what do you need? <laughs> oh, that's kind of cool. It's uh, the PD Publix. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Who do you like in uh, Chargers and uh, Ravens? I like the Chargers. And, and I, you know, normally in this scenario where a team's going all the way across, I, I, I tend to stay away from them. But here's the thing about this line. What would it be if the field goal hadn't been blocked? I mean, I think I think we're the perception of the Ravens because of what happened at the end of that game kind of changes this line a little bit. I think the Chargers are really good. I think they're going to light them up. And by the way, I watched the, the tape of the, the Ravens-Colts game. The Colts didn't adjust one time. They played zone the entire time, did nothing different, nothing. They just let them carve them up. I think the Chargers will do some different things. I think Staley's a good defensive coach. I think he'll get creative. And, and so for that reason, I'll take the Chargers. I think they'll, they'll cover the number and win this game. Well, the line would be the exact same if they didn't have a box field. I can tell you that because the line was three and a half on Monday before the game um, when it opened. And um, then the Baltimore has this great rally to win and then it reopens at three, you know, and so it came down even, even though Baltimore won. Um, and now it's been bet down to two and a half. And this is Chargers are just a super popular pick between I think the public and the Sharps right now. They look like one of AFC's best teams. It's not a great matchup for them. Uh, Chargers rush defense is a problem. Mentioned it last week and we saw what happened with Cleveland. Um, they have allowed 180 plus rush yard three times. Baltimore is obviously excellent on the ground. Uh, Baltimore's defense is coming off two easier matchups. They got gashed in the first two weeks. So against a good offense here, they could get gashed again. So it's a sneaky um, overplay here at 52. I think it's not nearly as high as it should be. But three feels like the right number. Maybe look to play Baltimore at two and a half is what we're seeing now in the market. Or maybe tease the Chargers up if you like the Chargers. Um, so teasing two and a half up through eight and a half since, since it opened a little higher Ooh. than this might be the play there. I like a little Panthers, uh, Panthers Chargers teasers, kind of a, a spicy little, spicy little number there. I, I don't have a best bet on this. I, I picked the Chargers against a spread for for the site. I don't know that I even feel good about it. It, it I honestly think, and I, I kind of agree with your point on the over there, RJ. In that um, Lamar is passing way more. The Ravens are passing way more than we've seen them passing in year in years in years before years past. Um, the Chargers are a little more susceptible to the run game. But we saw that, you know, the, you know, I mean, but it's it's because of the way that Brandon Staley wants to play defense. And, uh, but I don't know if the Ravens are going to come in and say, we're just going to pound Latavius Murray and use our run game. I think they may actually end up trying, like, accidentally getting into a shootout of sorts uh, with the Chargers. And I can see this game, uh, a lot of points, a lot of back and forth, borderline similar to last week's matchup against the Browns. And if that's the case, um, you know, I'll take the points, but certainly Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore looks great. I mean, they, you know, this team. This defense team, doesn't look great. No, defense doesn't look great. But I mean, I mean they, got, they got Carson Wentz through for 400 yards the other night. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was all those vertical shots. Actually, the, the touchdown pass to Michael Pittman was a vertical shot. I mean, like 78 of those yards were a screen to Michael Pittman. Okay. Yeah. So they threw for 320 then. I mean, seriously. Carson Wentz looked pretty good. Uh, Bills at Titans, Monday Night Football. What's crazy about this game is if. The Jaguars, we'll get to that game in a minute. The Jaguars can win against the Dolphins on uh, Sunday morning, and the Bills take care of business in Tennessee. The Jaguars would be like one game out of first place in the division, which is just wild. But so would, so would the Texans. <laughs> exactly. Hey, weirder things have happened. Josh Allen, and the Bills might be, uh, would the Bills have clinched the AFC East at that point if the Bills won? <laughs> They'd be pretty darn close to it. The uh, Bills, <laughs> again, minus five and a half, over under 54. Bill's defense, by the way, Pete, looks awesome. That team is that defense is back to what it was and maybe better. They are currently first in DVOA. Uh, they're uh, the they're 
and DVOA goes negative for defenses. They're minus 43.2 in terms of total DVOA. The Panthers are second at minus 16.6. That is a wild disparity between the first and second defenses. Is that uh, a just – is Buffalo's defense that good, and do you think that they'll roll here? Oh, I think they're that good, but, you know, they no, people had their questions about them because of who they had played leading up to last week, and, and I think they – they answered a lot of those questions with how they played against Mahomes and Gag. So I think they put a ton into that game. I think their entire offseason was put into that game. And so for that reason, I just think home dog of this magnitude on Monday night, I'm taking the Titans. And it pains me to say that, but I'm ta- I think the Bills will win the game, but you're going to give me five, five and a half points. I'm taking it. And remember, last year they blew them out. And I know that was the COVID game on a Tuesday night, and they kind of got screwed up with the schedule, and they were preparing for the Chiefs, and then they threw that game back in there, and they got ambushed. But remember what happened in that game. What happened in that game is exactly what happened to Pat. They did to Patrick Mahomes Monday night. They played all that off coverage, made him be patient. He didn't like it. He wasn't patient. Allen struggled, and the Titans won the game going away. I don't think the Titans are going to win this game because I don't think they're good enough to win the game like they were a year ago. But I think they're going to hang around. So if you're going to give me five and a half, I'll take I'll take the five and a half with the Titans. I refuse to believe the Titans' defense will put together a game plan to slow down anyone at this point. They've allowed six point nine yards per play to the Jaguars. They look they look terrible. I mean, um, pass offense hasn't been there for Tennessee this year. The receivers have dealt with injuries as well. Um, this line opened way too low, three three and a half. Sharps jumped all over it. Um, I put it in on Sportsline at four and a half. That's as quick as we could get it updated on the site. So um, at five and a half, I'm I'm just going to be a lean here on Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's defense, like you said, confirmed it's good against Kansas City. It's hard to have anyone but Buffalo at number one in the power ratings, and I'm not sure that Titans are even an average team at this point. I have them minus one in my power ratings. Um, so Buffalo's defense, fourth in yards per rush allowed. Hopefully they'll be able to slow down Henry a little bit. So it could be a letdown spot for Buffalo after Kansas City's win. Um, so that, that's one of the reasons I'm only a lean at this point because um, I can see what Pete's saying there about the uh, the letdown spot. But it is prime time. They do have a bye next week. So really all you have to do is like stay up, stay aggressive, stay focused for one more week, and then you can exhale next week and feel, think you're in a good spot because you're off. So um, the spot isn't as bad as I would normally say as a letdown spot. Um, so I, I'm still leaning Bills. Yeah, I, I lean Bills here too, and I, I picked that against on the on the site. I wouldn't – I don't have a best bet on the spot. Uh, 54 is a ton of points. I would expect that – I mean, I don't see this number going crazy up, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was plenty of scoring. You know, we could see garbage time from Ryan Tannehill or the Titans come out hot and the Bills are forced into a game script where they're passing a bunch. Man, I mean, I'm sort of wondering – and this is what I wrote in, the, in my in – my, a column, but it, should we it, should we just be cautious about fading Josh Allen in primetime? I'm sort of wondering if that's becoming a thing that's not talked about enough. Like he might just embrace the big stage because really, I'm I'm just trying to think of when he's looked bad on a big stage. The only thing I can think of is that fourth quarter in that in the playoffs two years ago against Houston. Otherwise, I mean, he like you know Thanksgiving throttled the Cowboys uh, late in the year in a game they didn't even have to really win to get lock up the division. They smoked the Patriots, um, you know, obviously last week against the Chiefs. I mean, he, he just seems to be sort of embracing that. And I wonder if, I mean, is that something, I don't, I don't know, I just wonder if that's a thing that we should be on the lookout for. No, I don't know. I, I mean, the game against the, the game against the Titans was in prime time. On a Tuesday night, though. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> It's all a precursor to the playoffs, though. With this Buffalo team, they're, they're, they know that as good as they are, they're going to the playoffs. So there's not really any pressure until you get to January, I think, with this team. 
That's right. And uh, look, when you get to January, maybe you'll be wearing some uh, some new clothes out there. Be getting out and about, hopefully. And you're going to want Indochino in your life because Indochino is the only way to get custom fitted clothes and you can shop online. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a, you know, a different size shirt or suit than I was in March 2020, but maybe I am by a little bit. Yeah, that's life. Uh, it's football life, and that's life indoors a lot over the past little bit. Maybe you got a big occasion coming up that you got to get ready for, and you need some custom threads to do it. The best way is Indochino. If you go to Indochino and you're buying a shirt, you will do full measurements at home. It will be custom tailored. The, the process online is really, really easy. I mean, you need like a little measuring thing, but you can get it or you can plug it all in. And Indochino offers completely custom-fitted suits, shirts, casual and at and more at surprisingly affordable prices. Every piece is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail you want. Whatever Pete's initials are on your uh, on your shirt, on the uh, on the you know you want them on the sleeves, on the collar, whatever you want, you can get it done. And the best part, Indochino suits start at just three ninety nine with all customizations included. Indochino is now open to select Nordstrom stores, giving you even more ways to get great fitting, personalized clothing. Find your nearest location location at Indochino.com. And right now you can get 50 bucks off a purchase of $3.99 or more by using promo code PICK6 at checkout, P-I-C-K-S-I-X. That's 50 bucks off a purchase of $3.99 or more at Indochino.com, promo code PICK6. I'll give Indochino the biggest challenge I've ever had. Make me a custom shirt for this body. <laughs> <laughs> what uh what's the what is it like uh it's like, like stub arms and a big chest <laughs> and a gut how about that it's, it's like, you're like 18 by like 28 not 18 <laughs> don't get carried away with that all right Bengals at the lions Bengals minus three and a half the over under 47 and a half joe burrow they should have had the packers man is this a letdown spot, or can the Bengals keep their good mojo rolling, Pete? I, I didn't have a real feeling on this game. This is a tough game for me. Uh, and so, I, you know, when I have a tough feeling like that, I usually go with the better team. And, and so, for that reason, I went with the Bengals. I, I don't love this pick at all uh, in any way, shape, or form. I, you know, after watching the Lions, and I watched them on tape on, uh, on Tuesday, they play hard. They play tough. It's a shame they don't have more weapons. I feel bad. And Jared Goff is actually playing some pretty good football. And you just kind of get lost in it and the fact that they uh, that they don't have any weapons on the outside. But uh, So for that reason, I don't love this game, but I'd probably lean to the better team. I just can't take the Lions at home as much as I would like to. I don't know if Cincy looked good against Green Bay. The defense gave up 7.4 yards per play to the Green Bay offense. Cincy's offense had two good drives, one big play. I mean, you know, they weren't, they didn't do much aside from that. So kind of lucky it was close at the end. Um, But of course, same could be said for Detroit against Minnesota. Kind of lucky it was close at the end, catching some breaks there. Um, Cincy's expected to win here. They're at Baltimore next week. So this is an awful letdown spot for them against a team that people expect them to beat. They're now more than a field goal favorites. Detroit is desperate for a win. Pete's right. They play hard. They should have a win in this season with how they've been playing. Um, and I think there's a desperation to get that win for Dan Campbell, who, I, I mean, I'm not in the locker room, but I imagine these guys love playing for him. He seems like the kind of guy that people would rally around and want to get a win more than some other coaches you kind of check out on. So Detroit is 3-2 and two against the spread this year. 
would likely be even better if not for bad weather. Remember, they fell apart in that Green Bay game. Um, so they could be uh, looking at a really good ATS record. At plus three and a half, I like Detroit. Since he hasn't earned that kind of respect on the road, um, three and two might be a little bit inflated for their record. So best bet for me is Detroit plus three and a half. I got the Lions as the best bet too, and it's pretty simple. It's it's Dan Campbell. I mean, the dude is crying at the press conference after they lose in historic fashion back-to-back. I think the first team ever in NFL history to lose on uh, game-ending 50-yard-plus field goals in back-to-back weeks. The Justin Tucker one, they played their minds out against the Ravens. Just, I mean, like they're not even good, as, as Pete pointed out, but they just try hard. They are giving so much effort there. And at some point, it might break them if they don't get a win. I think they know that this is a spot where you mentioned with the Bengals um, defensively, you know, playing very, playing very well from the analytics perspective, but got gashed uh, by, by Rogers and, and Devonte Adams. I just, it, they're at home. It's a, it's a, this is like a coffin game for the Bengals, right? It's like, it's like, a, you know, going up to Boston college and playing on a Saturday at noon, you just know your team is going to come out a little sluggish. And if the other team brings the energy Maybe the Lions can pull off it and get, and get that win. It's, it's, it's coming at some point or else they're just going to give up um, on the season because it's just it, – you can't – there's only so much you can take. I, I just think the Lions find a way here. There's no, no real rhyme or reason for that other than basically betting on Dan Campbell. Raiders at the Broncos. Broncos minus three and a half, the over under 44. Of course, the Raiders are in – like I, I don't really get this line to be honest because the – I mean, this game is being played on Sunday – and less than a week earlier, the Raiders coach resigned in the middle of Monday Night Football because of, you know, these John Gruden's emails that came out where, I mean, it, it, by, by virtue of how the team played against the Bears in week five, by Carl Nassib's comments about, you know, needing a day, or Mike Mayock's comments that Carl Nassib needed a day and all these things, it's hard to believe that this, all of this didn't, isn't, didn't or isn't affecting the Raiders. I mean, Derek Carr even said, I'm having a hard time focusing. It's t- it's tough not to drift and think about it. I'm trying to lock in on football. I mean, Pete, is there any way the Raiders rally together and use this Gruden thing as a, a motivational force and, and come out and beat the Broncos? I mean, you know, in talking to people in that building, yeah, they're rallying, but I, I just don't know if they were going to win this game either way. Um, I think Denver showed me something in the second half of that game against Pittsburgh. I mean, they could have folded it up and gone home, and they didn't. They made a game of it, I, you know. As amazing as that is. And and so I think defensively it's a mismatch. You know, Greg Olson's going to take over calling plays for them. And, you know, what what is he going to bring to the offense? What kind of calls will he make? It's interesting to see how he handles himself. It's the first time with him doing that. So I I like Denver. I don't love him, but I like Denver in this game. I would I would lay the points. Both teams have come back to earth after hot starts against easier schedules, but Denver's opening slate was an order of magnitude worse, and their two losses were against teams that Vegas beat. So, um, you know, you just look at that in common opponents, you'd think that Vegas is probably the better team. I want to say Denver's pass rush should dominate the Vegas O-line, but I said that last week against Pittsburgh's O-line, and it didn't happen. Um, so it's and you know then you get into the Gruden stuff. It's hard to know what we'll get from Vegas with that abrupt coaching change. It's different from most firings where you know the locker room starts to go against the guy, people are grumbling, and then that firing you can get a bounce back 
on that first week, everybody, the, the, the fog is lifted. It's alleviated. You play hard, you, you, you know, renewed energy. This one just comes out of nowhere. Who knows how that locker room was responding to him anyway. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see if the team rallies around Nassib. You know, I know he took a personal day away from the team based on some of the content of, of Gruden's emails. Um, so it's just hard to know how the team's going to play coming out. Um, it just makes it a stay away from me. It's hard to, hard to like the number on either side here. Yeah, I, I mean, the Broncos are a better team than the Raiders, and the Raiders just lost their primary play caller and are going to be adjusting here. I'm worried that I'm just a sucker for taking the three and a half and that the line hasn't I, – I don't know. I, I guess I feel like, you know, when a quarterback – I mean – when a head coach is removed in this fashion, we're not talking about like the team is 0-7 and, and the coach is fired and you get a dead cat bounce. I mean, this is a you know a team that was 3-0 and at one point and people were buzzing about the Raiders, even if it was overhyped. I, I'm taking the – I'm laying the three and a half of the Broncos. Give me – I mean, this – this I, maybe I'm a sucker, but I'm taking the three and a half. The Texans – oh, no, excuse me, the Packers at the Bears. Packers minus four and a half over under 44. Aaron Rodgers 20-5. and five. With 55 touchdowns and 10 interceptions in his career against the Bears, Pete. Yeah, he owns the Bears. Uh, I mean, let's be honest about it. And what have they had, 20 quarterbacks since he was the quarterback in Green Bay? It's amazing to think that they're still chasing that position. And they think they have their guy, but he didn't play very well last week, um, even in a win, I didn't think. And so I think uh, this is a spot for Packers. I know back-to-back road games is tough to do, but I, I still think Rodgers will go in there and find a way to win that game by a touchdown, I'll take the Packers minus the points. Yeah, in most matchups, most teams, these qualities, I'd be looking to play Chicago. It just seems like the the home dog in four and a half. This, this is the way I should be going. Um, Chicago's coming off two convincing wins, but another sluggish day from the offense, 4.2 yards per play in that win. And an offense with less than 200 net pass yards every game can't hang with Rodgers. So Green Bay's defense can give up points. They have allowed a touchdown on all 13 red zone opponent trips to the red all trips to the red zone by their opponents, but Chicago has to get to the red zone first. And I'm not confident they can with this pass offense looking the way it can. Um, so Chicago succeeded the last few weeks with the run game. That alone is not going to keep them in this one. Green Bay scored 76 points their last two games against Chicago last year. 26 might be enough to cover here. Um, so I'm playing against that thing of, uh, you know, I, any other teams, I probably go bears here, but I have a best bet Packers just because they own them. And I don't like what I'm seeing from this, this bears offense right now. I mean, I took the Bears against the spread for the site. I hate, I hate the pick. It doesn't, I mean, I'm petrified of it. Aaron Rodgers, like we said, Aaron Rodgers, twenty and five in his career against the Bears. He lights them up, and the Bears' offense is putrid. And Matt Nagy has shown no interest whatsoever for for whatever reason in utilizing Justin Fields' athleticism as part of the offense. But sure, buddy, you know, just keep being the worst offense, or second to worst offense in football. Speaking of bad offenses, the Houston Texans go to Indianapolis. The Colts minus nine and a half. Over under 43 and a half, a serious injury here, Pete, for the Texans is Laramie Tunsil out. Uh, I think it's around four weeks with an injury. And suddenly the, I guess the best player on the Texans is, is not there. Not fun mm-hmm. for Davis Mills against a mad uh, defense. In Indiana. Well, he was in and out of the lineup last week anyways. I mean, he only played, I think, 20 snaps. Anyway, There's not many so. good players on the team. This yeah, well, no, it's not a good team. But you know what? They fought last week, and you got to give credit for that. Uh, Davis Mills was good last week, and, and he was terrible the last time out on the road. Normally in this spot, I would say I'm taking the Texans plus those points, um, but I want to see him do it again on the road to see what he can do because he was bad. And granted, the Colts aren't Buffalo's defense. Not even close, but he was awful that day. And I want to see him play better on the road before I back him. Uh, I do like him as a player. You know, Will, I think he's going to be a good player. I think he outplayed Mac Jones last week. There's no other way around that. 
and he's going to be a good player in this league. It's just I got to see him do it on the road before I back him. I'd probably lean to the Texans, but I'll take the Colts just because I got to see him do it again. I ain't scared. I'm taking the Texans as a best bet, plus nine and a half. Um, you can get a 10 in the market. So, you know, we, we've shown 10 up here on the screen, get 10. Um, like the Minnesota-Detroit game last week, it's possibly a not good team getting a ton of credit by laying 10 points here with India. India's one and four. I mean, they, their record could be better. You look at, look at um, you know, their, some of their losses. But uh, Davis Mills looked great against New England's defense. Indy's defense is banged up in the secondary. Rhodes came out with a concussion. I think Sindejo came out with a concussion. Um, Ibrahim Campbell is hurt. Um, so it's, it's just you, Mills might be able to go up and, and pick apart that defense as well. Before Monday Night Football, one of every 10 passes versus Indy went for a touchdown. I mean, they're just letting guys through anyway. Um, so that, that touchdown percentage is something you typically don't see. Houston's defense is solid in the red zone. Um, so if Indy has to engineer these drives with Jonathan Taylor, they're not hitting the big plays like they got last week. Um, I think uh, Houston can hold them to some field goals in the red zone. Um, Indy's coming off that brutal collapse against Baltimore. They're on a short week. Are they going to regroup um, and, and, and to the point that they're going to blow out the team they're facing? Um, I think, you know, Indy might prove by the end of the year that they're good, but they haven't done it yet. So this line doesn't make any sense that you're going to have this many them favored by this many points. So um, yeah, I like the Texans plus nine and a half uh, um, or plus ten in the market if you can get it. I also kind of like the over. I didn't put it in as a best bet. I almost did. I actually took it back when I once I did because um, I'm not great on these totals. But and the market seems to be going against the over here. Um, but these are very low total. This is a very low total for teams giving up nearly fifty four points per game combined. So if Indy's going to be giving up points in this game, I think he's going to get over forty three and a half too. So Indy, Indy is uh, number two in rush defense DVOA. They're terrible against the pass, obviously, as RJ mentioned. The Texans are 30th in rush defense DVOA. And I well, I don't know. Debo, scroll over and see if they're posted a prop for Jonathan Taylor on the rush yard yet. Uh, I don't know if they're – they might be up. Let's see what, what – if it's under 80. Any, uh, oh, yeah, 80, right on the dot. That's what I was looking at. Uh, I think that's a smash over. I know that's a lot of rushing yards, but Jonathan Taylor's run the ball really well. Uh, Houston's rush defense terrible, and India is going to want to pound him, get a win. And we mentioned the Jaguars could be close to, or the Jaguars would be two games out of first place if they win and the Titans lose. I was wrong about that earlier. The Colts would be one game out of first place despite getting lo- looking like a terrible football team and getting daggered on Monday night. So I'm not going to take the Texans. I understand why you would take the double digits against a bad indie team. I just like that over for Jonathan Taylor in terms of rush yards. Another gigantic spread but this one for a a road team the rams minus nine and a half at the giants over under 48 and a half pete and daniel jones has been ruled out right so he's he's done i thought he's supposed to be coming back to practice on thursday i think he's looking like he's gonna play if not they upgraded quarterback to mike Lennon anyway oh stop because he went to north carolina state and you know him I actually, he thought he played okay. Uh, in, in, in he wasn't the- awful, but come on, give me a break. Mike Glenn. No, 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 no. Mike Daniel, Daniel, well, I mean, Daniel Jones, they've been using his mobility. Saquon Barkley is out for this game. Well, that, that, I thought Daniel Jones might be out because the concussion protocol sometimes can be tough to, it's, to clear. NJ.com says why it looks likely that Giants Daniel Jones will play versus Rams. All right. Well, okay. If, if this is the number reflective of him playing, so if he doesn't play, the number is what? 12? Yeah, it, was, uh, it opened I, 10 and a half. I think the lean was that he wouldn't play, and I think at that point it would be 11, maybe 12. I think if he does play, it should be 7 and a half. So I think this is still kind of straddling the middle right here. And if is it announced he's playing, it's going to come down. 
Here, here's yeah. here's what happened. Here's the the latest update. Again, we record this on Thursday afternoon. Before Thursday's practice, Joe Judge told reporters, "I'd say this is via NJ.com. I'd say at this point everything looks positive." But in this, I'm quoting from the article. But Judge stopped short of offering a definitive prediction for Jones' status this week. I can't give you a guess right there. It's completely out of our hands. And NJ.com, uh, Daryl Slater says, during the open portion of Thursday's practice, Jones operated as he normally would. He got all his usual work. So, so it looks like he's trending in the right direction. And yeah. I, I like the Rams in the game, but I don't love them. Um, I, I think, you know, the Giants are getting back some guys, other guys back too, because Shepard and, and Slayton are practicing. Um, they won't have Galladay, right? So, I mean, they still have some injuries. But uh, I will I will take the the Rams, but I don't love this game. Uh, you know, extra rest kind of negates. Down the, down, take my tweets off the screen, you clown. Extra extra rest kind of negates the long trip to the East Coast. So I'm, uh, I take the Rams. I do not love the game. Mike uh, Lennon has all the grace and neck. Uh, of stop it. Draft, what are you doing? According you to Will Brinson. I'm going to drag up. I'm going to go drag up Devo's. You know what? Fine. If this is what, if these are the worst old tweets that I get, that's fine. I'm you got that. nothing on me. You got nothing. Devo thinks he keeps it clean. <laughs> was it, when sheet. was that? When was that from? By the way, because that you, you're. That was last week, Pete. Last week, actually. <laughs> actually, I thought he looked pretty athletic getting outside the pocket. Devo likes to bring these up all the time. So anyway, it doesn't look like Glennon's going to play anyway, but he'll be ready to play if he needs to. Um, yeah, I, I, I got Giants as a Giants as a best bet. Um, you know, with the news that Jones is trending, wanted to lock it in at plus nine and a half. Giants offense is averaging six point one yards per play. They're sixth in net yards per pass attempt. They can certainly backdoor cover with the way they're playing on offense. I don't care that Galladay's out; he hasn't been their best receiver anyway. Shepard and Slayton are coming back. Pair those guys with Tony. That pass offense is going to be fine. Um, and uh, they don't really need. I, I don't think Barkley. He's not the the straw that stirs the drink there. It's really Daniel Jones being able to to do what he needs to do. So if he gets cleared by the independent neurologist hop on the Giants right away um, and, and make sure to get it before the line comes down. Um, since we're recording this now, locking our lines in at 9.5, I'm just going to trust that he's going to play, and I'm going to put it in as a best bet at plus 9.5. And, and don't overrate the, rate the long week of prep for the Rams. The Rams were in this situation last year. They lost to the 0-13 Jets in the same spot as 17.5-point favorites coming off a Thursday game. Um, they lost 20-7 to to San Francisco the year before as favorites. So this isn't a spot that just necessarily you give the Rams more time to prepare. They're going to come in, you know, locked in in this game, you know, they may not really be focused after a, a nice little long break for the weekend. So um, don't don't over overrate that extra prep because I don't think it matters here for the Rams. By the yeah, way, uh, the Giants pick I had last week, I put an asterisk next to that with all those injuries the way they happened. I mean, my God, I had no chance when they all went down. They, they were they were getting blown out when those guys got hurt, but no big deal. Um, no, they weren't. You sure about that? They weren't. They were on the goal line in, in, in the uh, in the beginning of the third quarter. But go ahead and uh, take that argument to the sports books. See if they'll let you get your money back. <laughs> you think they will? No. Yeah. Unfortunately, you now it. have to refund everyone who uh, everyone who fought, who tailed you on the Giants pick. So if if you refund it, if you've tailed Pete on the Giants in your pool uh, with your bookie legal betting spot, you tweet at Prisco CBS. No, don't do that. And he'll Venmo you whatever you bet on him and get you back. So you heard him. Asterisk no, next I to won't. it. I Pete promise you. Spoiler, Pete will not. There's an asterisk next to that claim. Pete will not be refunding you. Uh, I like the Giants here. Same reason. I mean, look, nine, it's not going to be nine and a half if Daniel Jones plays. It looks like um, <laughs> Diva is trolly, trollish him today. Hey, um, Debo, you better get that off there because it ain't happening. <laughs> Don't make me block every person who puts that on there. I gave you yeah. an out if you can't figure out Venmo. Huh? Oh, that's true. Doesn't have, yeah, you can't. Was, yeah, you, 
Let's put it people, this way: yeah. if if somebody puts that on there, they're getting blocked. So don't do it. Gonna block no way! Don't block somebody who tailed you. Tweet at Frisco CBS. No. since you lost bets. Harass this man all weekend long, people. I would have uh, figured like he'd have blocked everybody on Twitter anyway. Like I don't know if there's anybody left to block for Pete. That's no, right. There's still plenty. Welcome to welcome to Blocktober. Cowboys, another road favorite. This is really a theme of this week. Cowboys minus three and a half at the Patriots. Over under 51. This is a, a perplexing game from a, a betting perspective, Pete. It really is. That line looks so smelly, so fishy, All you name it. I mean, and you know what? I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I don't really, in this scenario, normally I would take the Patriots. I would take Belichick at home. I would, it just, but watching them last week, they just don't look that good. And the Cowboys do. And the Cowboys defense is taking the ball away, and the Patriots are turning the ball over. And that, I think, will be the difference in the game. I don't love this game, but I would lean to the Cowboys minus the points. New England isn't scaring anyone anymore. They're so close to one and four, and almost lost to a perceived basement team. But they're also close to four and one with near wins over Miami, who they outplayed and almost beat Tampa. If they're not trying 56 yard field goals in the rain for some reason at the end of the game, they might have, you know, advanced it and uh, kicked an easier field goal. So it's not hard to gauge this team's rating. What I did with my power ratings, I moved the Cowboys up a half a point after last week, and I moved the Patriots down a full point. And I still only have this line at Cowboys minus one and a half. So at four, I was all in wanting to play the Patriots. I thought it would go up and everybody would be on Dallas. It actually came down. So it tells me the Sharps are also on the Patriots. Probably want to get it before it gets to three if we think it's going to keep moving. For now, it's just a lean to me on the Patriots plus three and a half. Um, you know, I think last week was a wake up call for New England and they play better here and keep it close and it's a field goal game. So uh, I, I kind of like the Patriots plus three and a half. I probably should put it in as a best bet, but I'm kind of just being optimistic and it'll go back to four at some point. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to do the Patriots a best bet too. And I, and I keep, I keep telling you, keep, keep coming back to it. It's like, I mean, are we going to, are we idiots for believing that Belichick is just going to keep figuring how to scotch tape these games together and find these wins because I mean, the Cowboys are playing awesome football right now. The defense looks really good. Dak is in total command. I just feel like there's a, I don't know. There's just something. It's a total feel play here where like, like what did, like what did right? Did Wilson pick the, that's what I need to know. Did Wilson pick, if Wilson picked the, the, the Cowboys, I feel very good about the Patriots because this is, this line is, is stanky. It's just very, very much so. Yeah. Um, is this a 4 p? Oh, is this the Nance Romo game? Has yeah. to be, right? Yes. Yeah, has to be. Um, yeah, give me the Who, Pats. Who pick? Cowboys. Give me the yeah. Pats. Pats outright, baby. Let's go. Um, I, I, I don't know. You know, I'll throw it in my best bets. Screw it. I'll add it to my best bets. The Pats are winning this game. Belichick's going to have something cooked up. There'll be some kind of weird shenanigans. Pats find a way to win this game. Uh, also, wind at 10-ish mile per hour, but doesn't look like if, it's going to uh, rainy. If, if Brinson's throwing it in his best bets, I think I'm probably on the Cowboys at this point. Probably smart on your part, RJ. Uh, finally, the uh, CBS London game. You can uh, you can watch it locally on CBS. If you don't have a digital uh, antenna or whatever, you don't have a TV service, you know what you could do. Sign up on Paramount Plus. Probably watch it, stream it for free. Or stream it. Uh, oh, you know what? Uh, there's an actually. I saw that uh, now Paramount Plus and Showtime. You can get them both nine ninety nine a month. What a steal for those two packages! And that means you can uh, maybe you're not caught up on billions. 
You could watch billions and billions. I, I streamed the uh, the fifth season, which happened like in the pandemic. Very weird. But make sure to check out that promo. Dolphins minus three. Quote, yeah, I, lo- I love billions, by the way. Now they're going away until January. I'm not happy about that. Wait, so I thought there was a – so what What were the new – were the new ones the ones the, – the pandemic ones? Yeah, the last oh, one were – Oh, that's why I was confused. I thought I'd like stopped I – was, I was confused. So they, they broke the fifth season in the middle of the pandemic. No, the fifth season they split – they just decided to split it up. They got – I think uh, there was like only like six episodes in this little grouping, and I think there was a bunch coming up in the next grouping. Okay, you so then they're going to drop the sixth season. Last week, right? Yeah, yeah, I just finished watching it last night. It's really good. Yeah, yeah it was I thought awesome. that the yeah, it's a great show. But I thought the um, you know what I love about the show too is like the 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 final song is always like an awesome song. It's like somebody Sturgill or anyway, all this stuff. It's, um, it's it's well done. It's a very well done show. Dolphins minus three at the Jaguars. Jaguars are technically the home team here, but not a you know it's in London again. Uh, Nine thirty a.m. on. Sunday morning, another long day of football. Dolphins minus three, over under 47, Pete. Yeah, and Jacksonville's a bad football team. I mean, and they're really bad in the second half. And that's they don't make adjustments. They're not well coached. How does Urban Meyer not know that James Robinson's not on the field for the key fourth down play last week? How does he not know that he, he only he's not in charge of he doesn't like to micromanage what players how does he know do? not know that he he's not his back who went wild in the first half only got six carries in the second half i mean there's so many different things at play here Tua looks like he's going to be back this week um look Brissett wasn't very good the dolphins played awful last week i think shuffling around the offensive line actually they were better on the offensive line if you can believe that and, and so for that reason, I, I'll take Miami. Again, not a game I love, but I'll take Miami. I'm not taking Jacksonville until they prove to me that they can win games. Couldn't be any worse on the offensive line. Are we sure Urban Meyer's going to coach this game? I, I know he doesn't micromanage which plane he gets on. So, you know, he might end up in, in Anchorage, Alaska oh! or something. Oh! Just several <laughs> kill shots on Urban Meyer in this podcast from RJ. <laughs> if anyone deserves it. Um, Miami is great together. Miami Lee's scraped together 17 points against the Bengal Bucks, um, despite 5.9 yards per play. They really need Tua back in. They should they should score more on Jacksonville if Tua's back. Miami's defense has been almost as bad as Jacksonville's defense, and Jacksonville's been way better on offense per, on yards per play. Um, Miami's defense worse than the NFL on third down. Uh, but the loss of Brandon Linder is huge on the line. I know Pete will say that. Um, he, he, that that's You lose that center, and uh, that offensive line is going to be even more trouble than it usually is. Miami's pass rush can attack Jacksonville's offensive line and get home. Um, so I have Miami minus three on a neutral with Brissett, and Miami minus six on a neutral with two is healthy. So there's value if he's playing. If you think he's going to be in this, um, I would say probably go with Miami. The, I, wanted to, I wanted to fade them. They've been bad, and I wanted to say, oh, you know, a bad team in London shouldn't be getting three points on a neutral against anyone. I did that last week with the Jets, and it didn't really work out. So I'm backing off of that statement here, and I'm going to probably be on Miami, especially now that it's ticked to three. We had it three and a half for the show um, earlier in the day, and it's three now. So I think at that point, get on Miami. Uh, according to Jalen Waddle, this is uh, posted like literally five minutes ago. Uh, this is via via PFT via Omar Kelly of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Tua has stepped in and been himself. Receiver Jalen Waddle said, "I thought he looked good." Right guard Robert Hunt said, "It's exciting to have him back out there. He's a leader on the team. It's exciting to see him be who he is." So, sounds like he's trending towards playing. Right. Yeah, I think he's playing this week. And, and and Tom Spencer, who works in the booth with those guys last week, said that they they were told you know they leaned toward 
that this week, and that was on Sunday. So I, I do think he's going to play. Is he talking with Jamie Eisenberg? Didn't he do this? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Okay. So I I think – I just think – Urban, look, by the way, the dumbest thing that Urban said, and he said, like, every five, like, one out of every five things that comes out of Urban Meyer's mouth are incredibly dumb. It's unbelievable. Like, how is this guy such a good college coach? I mean, what do you not- mean, how is he a good college coach? I mean, look at the players who recruited to those schools. You could have coached them. Yeah. I mean, he, want, he said he wants the Jaguars to pass for 250 yards and rush for 250 yards every game. The Baltimore Ravens for 2019 are the single greatest statistical rushing team in the history of professional football, and they average 206 yards per game. How can he think that the Jaguars are going to average 250 rushing yards per game in the NFL? This they're is going, not Because they're going to the Big Ten. <laughs> I, I like the logic of drafting Trevor Lawrence number one as the golden child, and then you want to get him 250 passing yards a game, and you think that's enough. Right. In an era, in an era where you're throwing the ball over the place around the league, and he wants to run the ball. No, don't get me wrong. I think they got away from Robinson in the first two games. They need to run the ball because it helps. It helps open up the passing game because they don't have any guys who can win outside. They're slow. And and they're like, oh, we're gonna give Lavisca Chenault so many. Like he's gonna be a big part of the offense. And they gave him one touch. Speak two he's targets. Slow. He's slow though. Right. The two guys right. that tied for targets last week were Dan Arnold and Jamal Agnew. So, I mean, you're running your offense through those two guys. And either Agnew's a converted corner in uh, a couple years ago, and, and Arnold wasn't on the team when the season started. Hollister caught a touchdown pass and wasn't on the team when the season started. I mean, and Austin was picked up right during training camp and then was on the practice squad and brought up, got hurt. I mean, it's a disaster. The receivers are terrible. Now I'm starting to question my pick of Jacksonville against the spread and, and thinking I'm probably an idiot. So I got that going for me. Um, I'll take Jacksonville, not a best bet, because for all the reasons stated above. Um, and that, oh, we need, we're one short on the, uh, the old parlay here. We got the, our, first two, our first two games we picked landed in the parlay. We didn't get a single other one there. Uh, how about the Giants, plus nine and a half? Yeah. Yeah, How do you like the Rams? Rams. Um, Packers, Packers minus four and a half. Packers good. Yeah, I mean, I picked the Bears, but I have no problem going with the Packers here. Aaron Rodgers against the Bears, he dominates them. Short Don't we line. have an over under that we all agreed on? Let's let's um, not do over under. Over unders are not are not our jam. Yeah, they really aren't. Um, right. Maybe the Chiefs, Washington over, or the Brown. Uh, yeah, let's just do the. Let's just put the Packers in. Okay, put the Packers in. All right, so won't hit parlay. Won't. Won't hit parlay. Steelers <laughs> minus five, Browns minus three. The three favorites, dude. Love it. And uh, Packers minus four and a half. Only one road favorite, though, at least. Pete's best bets. Chiefs, Washington over 55 and a half. Vikings minus one. Browns minus three. Chargers plus three. Titans plus five and a half. Steelers minus five. RJ's best bets. Green Bay minus four and a half. Detroit plus three and a half. Houston plus nine and a half. Giants plus nine and a half. Carolina plus one. And a Panthers uh chiefs teaser chiefs down to a half and carolina up to plus seven that's it i love that all those plus signs on rj's bets this week um my best bets brinson's best bets panthers plus one broncos minus three and a half steelers minus five lions plus three and a half pats plus three and a half washington casey over and cleveland arizona under that's it for the show what happened to you cutting down on your number of picks um now i'm chasing 
<laughs> chase two, I, I, chase I, the two that chase the two where you're lined up with me out of your best bets, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ho, ho. I had a five and it didn't feel right, and then I added a six. And then you added the Patriots. The Lions, and then I you think. added the Patriots. And then I added the Patriots mid-show. Right? Yeah. So what could go wrong? Um, all right, that's it. That's the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button or your like button. Leave your best bet in the comments. For Pete and RJ Embrace, and we'll see you guys later. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.